and welcome to the 32nd episode of the LI Law Podcast. I am your host, Zahava Schechter. The premise of this podcast is to feature issues, developments, and topics affecting the law and how it relates to the 8 million of us who work or live on Long Island, New York, which includes Nassau, Suffolk, Queens, and Kings Counties. Our guest on this 32nd episode is Michael P. Reynolds, Esquire, a tax certiorari attorney. Every taxpayer needs to know what goes into a tax bill, and nearly every taxpayer should be protesting every year. This year's deadline to file a tax grievance is March 2, 2020 in New York City, as well as Nassau County. Mike recommends giving yourself a Valentine's Day gift early and filing in February. Please check out the show notes for a full list of Mike Reynolds' credentials and contact information. Please also keep in mind that we will not be providing legal advice to any specific questions. Mike, welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having me. Tell us about yourself. How did you come to specialize in tax certiorari law? I got into tax cert basically accidentally. I started my career as an assistant district attorney in Nassau. Uh, After that, I went into insurance defense, which is a very typical career path. Uh, I later worked in-house for a boutique private investigation firm, and unfortunately that business dissolved as a result of the Great Recession. I then went to work for the Nassau County Attorney's Office. They needed litigators in the the tax certiorari department, and my litigation experience outweighed my tax cert inexperience. That's where I learned the job, and I was eventually recruited to come to Meyer Swazi, and I've been here for five years. What actually is tax certiorari for our listeners who may not be familiar with that term? It's just a fancy way of asking the government to make sure that they got things right. And what are three tips you would give our listeners who own residential or commercial property? You need to grieve your taxes every year. The government, whether it's the county or the town, depending on where you're located, The government looks at each year as if it were separate and different. There's a very short window to grieve. It's usually about 60 days. It's something that you can do yourself. So some dentistry and transmission repair, sometimes it's better to to put yourself in expert hands, especially if you've never done it before or if your property is somehow uh, different. If it's a residential property that was converted from a commercial property, it's very possible that you're properties misclassified, you want to catch that error sooner rather than later. It's very important. What happens if you miss the deadline? If you miss the deadline, you're out of luck. Unlike a situation where the statute of limitations runs for several years, like a car accident or a contract issue, you have a right to get your tax assessment correct, but you've got to vindicate that right. You've got to assert your right. And the way the government has it set up is that it's this very short window at the beginning of the year in Nassau County, in Suffolk County, in the townships. There are different deadlines throughout the year. But the key is the government needs the tax revenue. Uh, That's been established by case law. So they're going to get what is their fair share. And in order to let government set budgets and in order to allow them to pay their bills, again, you have this right, but it's very limited and it is hardly ever retroactive. I'm very intrigued by the term grieving. Why do we call it grieving taxes rather than appealing the taxes as set forth by the government? It's a term of art that's uh, hung around for a long time. And actually, you're filing in two stages. The first is called a complaint and the second is called a petition. Uh, The way this works is there's an administrative level that you've got to go through, which means you have to tell the government you want your assessment changed. They have to have the opportunity to look at it and correct it. And then if the parties are not satisfied at the end of that process, 
Then there's a second half that it's a petition phase, and that's a petition under the uh, real property tax law of the state of New York. So then you've gone from an administrative to a judicial phase. Uh, and what that means for the non-lawyers in the audience is you have to give the government the opportunity to correct it first. And if you don't, you can't go to the second phase. So it's a two-step process and you've got to get through both phases appropriately. And how would a homeowner or any other property owner start the first phase, the administrative phase? It's pretty easy in New York City and in Nassau County. Uh, you can go online and get all the information you need in Nassau County. There's an online form you can fill out. As a matter of fact, Nassau doesn't even take doesn't even take that initial complaint on paper anymore because it's been entirely digitized and computerized. So you just go to the Nassau County website. You can look up the uh, the system. Uh, you can set up an account for yourself, enter in your information, and you've got the first uh, you've got the first part of the tax grievance taken care of. And how about in Suffolk County? How does that work? Suffolk County is like most of the rest of New York State. They do their grievances on a town-by-town -town basis. So you need to figure out what town you're in, find out what the rules are, see if they're doing it digitally or if you can still do it on paper, whatever your preference is, and then you need to go from there. And, and just to clarify, Nassau County, in Nassau County, the county determines the taxes, but you're saying in Suffolk County, the individual towns which make up the county have that responsibility. Is that correct? That's correct. You have 62 counties in the state of New York. Five of them make up the boroughs of the city of New York. They assess on a countywide basis. Nassau County assesses on a countywide basis. And Tompkins County, up by Ithaca, also assesses on a countywide basis. Otherwise, for the rest of the counties. They're gonna go town by town. So in Suffolk, it's the 10 towns that make up that county. In the rest of the state, it's done on a town by town basis. The rationale is the towns should have a better idea and a closer contact uh, with respect to the properties within their borders and what the value should be. When it comes to the counties that go on a countywide basis, it's really sort of an anachronism. It's something that's just sort of hung around from time immemorial. And what about villages? Even in Nassau County, we have many villages. They have their own tax assessment. Do they set their tax rates? They do. They set their assessments and their tax rates, and they need not be the same as the ones the county uses. So therefore, if I live in the village of Lynbrook, for example, I have to be concerned both about my tax rates in Nassau County as well as for the village of Limbrook? That's correct. And do they have the same process and dates for uh, the, grieving? The dates are different. The process is very similar insofar as there's an administrative phase and then a judicial phase. And what happens to cooperative unit owners? Do they grieve their taxes as well? Yes. When it comes to co-ops, the board of managers is going to be the grievant or the petitioner in that process. So the board of managers will typically need to come together, make a decision on who they're going to hire, and then it's all going to be done. We're going to look at the individual units in that uh, in that grievance, but the board of managers is, is going to be the petitioner. And, and what happens if you don't grieve your property taxes? If you don't grieve your property taxes, the danger is that if there's anything wrong with your assessment and the fair market values it's no secret. The county is going to look every year and have a very rosy picture of the real estate market and say, you know what? We think values have gone up three, five, six percent a year. If your assessment is off and you don't grieve it and a number of years go by, you will see that assessed value increase and the corresponding fair market value will increase as well. 
to give you a true story, we represented a tax-exempt organization. They did charitable work, and they had a quirky little commercial property that was actually located in an overwhelmingly residential area. So it was a strange little building that was oddly placed. I think it had been some sort of business in the 30s, and then over time, the neighborhood grew up around it, and it was just still there. Because they had tax-exempt status, our former client didn't grieve the taxes. It really didn't matter to them, or so they thought. Years and years went by, and eventually they realized they needed to get a bigger property. They needed a property with a loading dock. They were doing a lot with uh, distributing things to people in need. So they had outgrown their space, and they wanted to sell. What they found out was, when they came to us, since they had never grieved their taxes, their assessed value had gone up and up and up. And this really became a property that you couldn't sell because for the, for the number of square feet in the building, the relative tax burden for it would have been insurmountable for anybody who wanted to buy it. As a result, we had to put in a grievance. They had to put off buying a new property for a whole year so that we could get that assessed value lowered and really make their property marketable. So whether you own a residential or a commercial property, you don't want to be in the position where you can't market your property because you've never taken a look at the taxes. And, and what's the difference between the assessed value by the county or the village or the town as opposed to fair market value, which is what a third party might purchase the property for? Nassau County and a number of different jurisdictions use what's called a fractional assessment. And that just means they translate the dollar value into an assessed value. It's a fraction of, of a number. Uh, it used to be that Nassau County used one quarter of 1%. Now they use uh, a tenth of a percent as the, um, as the ratio. So what that would mean is if you have currently, if you have a house that's worth $500,000, your AV, your assessed value number is 5,000. It's just a shorthand way of representing the property values. The concept is you should have a different equalization ratio for commercial property and residential property. So those numbers are kind of harmonized between income producing and non-income producing property. Okay, but what I mean is if my assessed value is $500,000, does that mean that's what my fair market value is? What I should list my house for when I go to sell it? Typically, nothing's typical anymore, but in years past, you would see that you know if you had an assessed value of it used to be an assessed value of twelve hundred and fifty dollars corresponded to five hundred thousand dollars and that was just for purposes of moving the number around your assessed value is what gets multiplied by the eventual tax rate to make up your tax bill so it's just another way of expressing it in terms of what you can market the property for you could go higher or lower depending on your individual circumstances the other thing too is since that window for setting assessed values is short and it's annual. If in the intervening year you decide to sell your property and you're able to sell it for more than the county thinks that it's worth, that's really not going to affect you. That's going to affect the future owner and that's also going to affect everyone else who still owns property in the area. Affect them negatively, correct? Affect them negatively insofar as it looks like the property is more valuable, sure. Right. And also for a property owner who does not grieve isn't really at his or her peril because everyone around is now grieving taxes. So if you don't grieve, you're going to be carrying more of a tax burden that these other uh, successful people grieving their taxes will not have to bear. 
That's correct. If you don't grieve your taxes and your assessed value stays where it is and everyone else's assessed value goes down, you're necessarily losing. I used to try to describe it as being somewhat like the prisoner's dilemma, that logic problem about you know who decides to take care of their own interest first. And different folks have, have taken a different view on whether or not that's correct. But the larger point is this. If everyone grieved their taxes and if the county decided, no, we've got it right and they could prove it, then the overall assessed value and the overall fair market value of all the property in the county would be correct, for lack of a better term. Is there a downside to grieving taxes? No, there isn't. And why is that? It is not as if the county will, it is the county's tax role. They're responsible for producing it. They're responsible for making sure that it's correct. So if they say that your house is worth $500,000 and it really turns out that it's worth more than that, they're not going to be able to go back, change the role against you because it was their job to get it right in the first place. They can make a, they can make a change in your favor, uh, but they're not going to be in a position uh, to increase it until the next time that the tax roll comes around, the following January. Okay, so there's no penalty to grieve. So really behooves every property owner of any type of property to grieve their taxes, correct? Yes. Okay. What happens if you don't prevail in your grievance on the administrative side? You file your application, your grievance online in Nassau County, and you don't win. What happens then? The following April, you have the opportunity to go into the judicial process. Now, if you are a homeowner and you're seeking a reduction of 25% or less, you can go through a small claims procedure. So you don't go in front of a judge, you go in front of a hearing officer. That's typically an attorney who knows this business. Uh, and at that point, you can present proof uh, or evidence to the hearing officer. And obviously, the county, uh, through the Department of Assessment or the Assessment Review Commission, will come in and they'll present their numbers. And at that point, it'll be up, for the, up to the hearing officer to decide whose numbers they like better. And at what point do clients come to you, Mike, or to a ta- another tax certiorari attorney for their help? They can really come to us at any time. We have folks who are who have newly purchased a property and say we want to make sure that the assessment's correct. So we start with folks from the very beginning. We also get people midway in the process who say, I tried doing this myself. I didn't get anywhere. What can we do now? We also get folks, you know, as, as I say, we get folks who are in a position where their assessments have been wrong for years and years and years, and we come in after the fact and do what we can. Again, we can't uh, work retrospectively, but we can work prospectively and get people relief. Okay. Well, as you said, this is a very complex process. And actually, Laura Curran, the current Nassau County executive, has put in place the changes to the assessed value. I don't know about you. My assessed value has gone up substantially on my on my home. And now she's talking about perhaps implementing this via a five-year plan so that it's not such a, a whammy to all the property owners who are suddenly faced with significantly increased taxes. Where do you think that's headed? In order to make that work, it's my understanding that the legislation that would have to be passed would have to go through the Nassau County Legislature. It would probably also need a sign-off from Albany. And that's difficult. It is very difficult to get minutely pertinent local legislation passed in Albany. Uh, you know, the fact that Albany's been passing budgets on time for the past few years was really a landmark thing. It didn't happen in the past. 
the notion that all the legislative sign-off that's necessary is is coming, it's it could happen, but I don't know how how likely it is. It's it's very difficult to say. In the meanwhile, though, we need to pay those increased taxes and escrows on our mortgages, right? That, that is correct. It's not as if you can uh, hold a rent strike when it comes to your property taxes. You have to pay. You have to pay the money out. The government needs its money in order to operate. One thing that's unique to Nassau County is when you get an assessment at the beginning of the year, so let's take this year as an example, when you got an assessed value at the beginning of 2020, it was for the 2021 into 2022 tax year. So there's an 18-month window where theoretically, if you're going to get relief from the government, you get it before you have to pay on that higher number. So in most cases, you'd have a tax savings. That is to say, you wind up paying less in 2021 than you thought you were going to be paying at the beginning of 2020. But we can and do have cases that drag on for years. And at that point, yes, the money has to be paid out and you have to get a refund on the back end. Okay. I want to ask you about the relationship between the county and the town, especially in Nassau County. So for example, I live in town of Hempstead and I receive literature from the receiver of taxes, used to be Don Clavin, now it's Janine Driscoll, having seminars or programs to try to educate property owners on how to grieve the taxes. So it seems to me a juxtaposition. On one hand, the county has set its roles, its tax roles. On the other hand, town representatives, elected officials are telling you how to grieve or that you should be grieving. Is there a conflict between the county and the town, at least within Nassau County? Interestingly, it isn't a conflict. It just so happens that the county in Nassau is setting the assessments. Based on those assessments, the tax warrants travel from the county to the receivers of taxes in the three towns within the county. And there's something called the county guarantee, which is if there's any shortfall, it's actually made up by the county. So Nassau County pays out money to school districts and to the towns that it doesn't collect, which is part of the problem with uh, Nassau County's uh, fiscal structure. So it's not as if the county and the towns are working against each other, uh, but there is this sort of disconnect where in most of the rest of the state, the town would be doing the work of setting the assessments. In Nassau, it happens to be the county. When it comes to elected officials holding a workshop about tax grievances, it's really no different than them holding seminars about anything else that touches on the public interest. Strictly speaking, and this is this is set in the New York State Constitution, you can't be taxed for more than your property is worth. What your property is worth is open to debate, but it is the responsibility of the government or the municipalities, that's whether it's the state, the county, the town, or the village, it's their responsibility to get things right. The only way for them to get things right if you think something's gone wrong is for you as the taxpayer to grieve. So it's it's really two sides of the same coin, but it's certainly not as if you know they've divided themselves into two different teams and they're at odds with one another. Okay, interesting. So now we're going to move on to our next um, segment, which is called What is on Your Desk? A recent client or matter which you can use to illustrate a teachable legal moment to the listeners. So Mike, what's on your desk? Uh, I had a situation where someone had come to me years back and said, I'm thinking about grieving. I don't know. This was a residential property uh, in 
the county of Nassau. And it just so happened that this particular residence was built on a piece of property that had been commercial at one time. It had been a hotel. This is a very unique sort of Long Island story because when you look at Long Island, we're talking about literally hundreds of years of colonization, changes changes in ownership from the from the native populations to the Dutch, to the English, to, to the United States and everything in between. This person was living in a house that the village was treating as if it were still a hotel that had burned down, I think, in the 1920s. So when the decision was finally made, yes, I want to grieve my taxes, it turned out that for a decade, this person had been paying village taxes as if his house was a piece of commercial property. So he paid a lot more than he should have. And, that, and, and that's because commercial property is taxed at a higher rate than residential property? Commercial property is typically taxed at a higher rate, uh, and that's because it's income producing as opposed to residential. Uh, and it's very interesting because in Nassau County, even though we think of the suburbs as being awash in strip malls and other commercial property, Nassau County really doesn't have that much commercial property when you look at how much residential property there is. So this was a situation where you know, if the decision had been made, yes, I want to go with you, I want to sign up, I want to take a look at my property, we would have known a couple of years earlier that there was something wrong. This doesn't happen a lot, but it does happen, and it happens enough that you know you need to you need to do that checkup. I have another case on my desk that isn't going to wind up being a protest, and that's because it just so happened in this round of the reassessment, the value on this house went down, and what the person bought it for was a fair market value. But there's no reason to grieve the taxes because the assessment is lower than the purchase price. That's an interesting position to be in. And now we're going to move on to another segment, only on Long Island. A recent development you see in tax certiorari practice or something which relates to recent case law. Who owns the property, who's paying the taxes, and who's got standing to file a tax certiorari proceeding has come up recently. It, it can be very thorny. And again, this is another situation where if there's any change in the property, there's a, a new lessee, a new tenant, a new, a new anything. You need to you need to get in touch with counsel, and you need to have somebody take a look at it. Uh, there was a recent case where a trust that was supposed to take possession of a property and was paying the taxes was not found to be the appropriate entity to file the tax grievance. It was one of these bad facts make bad law kind of cases, uh, but they are out there. And again, you really need to know who's paying the taxes, who's got the standing, and the best thing to do is talk to counsel about it. So that sounds definitely like the kind of case you would want to hire a tax certiorari expert uh, to help you. Um, anything else you want to tell our listeners? It really won't take much time for us to take a look at a property, and we're happy to do it you know, as, as a courtesy to anyone who wants to contact us. It won't take much time, and I say no to as many cases as, as I say yes to, but what I really hate to see is somebody coming in after the fact, you know, who can't get relief. And it kind of, it reminds me of a story that, that you hear a lot in the industry. And it's funny, almost every tax lawyer has a story that goes something like this. An elderly person shows up in the office, either themselves or with an adult child or an adult grandchild. Uh, it's somebody who came to this country as a young immigrant. And their real estate portfolio consists of whatever is in their head and whatever is in a plastic or a paper bag that they bring with them. And as you go through that, that bag, you realize that this person has a real estate portfolio worth millions of dollars, maybe five or $10 million. 
But again, they are still administering this out of a plastic bag and out of the out of the knowledge in their head. That person needs to have tax certiorari counsel. At the point where you have that much, you really can't do it alone. The government doesn't see the irony here. The government doesn't look and go, wow, isn't it funny that this unassuming elderly character you know, has all this money? The government, and this isn't this is, is a neutral thing. It's not good or bad. It's not evil. It's not anybody doing anything to anyone. But the government is going to look at that person as if they're IBM or Boeing or Unilever. They're going to see a sophisticated business. And on Long Island, with tax rates and property values being what they are, I think every homeowner essentially owns a small business. The business works around probably the most valuable or one of the most valuable assets they own. And looking at the tax burden and making sure the tax burden is correct is really in your best interest as this sort of small business owner. Okay. And anyone who wants to reach out to Mike to speak with him further about his or her own individual tax issue, please look at uh, the show notes. All of Mike's contact information is there, and he'll certainly be happy to speak with you about that. And that's it for our 32nd episode. Thank you, Mike Reynolds, for coming on the podcast today. Thanks so much for having me. And to our listeners, be sure to download this podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. And while you're there, please rate us with a review that might start. I just heard on the LA Law podcast that Long Island water districts are set to receive millions of dollars from New York State to address the problem of carcinogenic contaminants in our water, which includes the removal of 1,4-dioxane. While this is excellent news for certain water districts and their residents, this good news does not extend to those of us served by the private monopoly New York American Water. Governor Cuomo, if you're listening, please do not forget the 120,000 of us on Long Island who have no choice in our home and business water supplier. We need clean, safe water, too. The LI Law Podcast lets you know what's going on on Long Island and is your podcast for local tips which educate and entertain. Thanks for listening.